0: it's time to walk a different path a different journey an unconventional approach to finding
1: true results our conversations with industry thought leaders and pioneers will help you find the unique truth that by being different you can be successful welcome to unorthodox
0: the new road to success with your host ben shaib well welcome and thank you for joining us i'm excited about our next guest today Stephen pasha carter They are direct sales, financial, and lifestyle coaches. Steve and Pasha Carter celebrate successful careers and a successful marriage. They hold individual records in direct sales, and together the Carters have become known as one of America's favorite business couples. With almost 20 years of experience, they've led organizations, more than 100,000 members, and helped thousands of people around the world become financially independent. Together, they've built a multi-million dollar empire that are go-to experts for leaders who want to earn six and seven figures in direct sales business. Glad to have you both on today.
2: Glad to be here, Ben. We're
0: excited to be here, man. And, so and I got a I got a question for both of you. Proud of you, man. Proud of you, buddy. Well, I really appreciate that. I'm proud of both of you. I've got a question for you. If you could choose two famous people to have dinner with, who would they be? Oh my goodness. Go Two first, famous
2: guys. people to have dinner with. Oprah Winfrey would be the first. And All right, Tell
0: me more about that.
2: <laughs> uh, Oprah Winfrey would definitely be the first. She's always been a mentor of mine. Um I've been able to be in small settings with her and learn so much, but I have not yet had dinner with her. So for sure Oprah Winfrey would be on, one on the top of my list. The other Hmm, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Michelle Obama Wow,
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. And what about Michelle? Tell me more about that one.
2: Michelle Obama. Well, you know, when you are the first lady of the United States for two terms, that's a very unique experience. So I would love to pick her brain just to kind of find out what it was like, the good, the bad and all of that good stuff. What was it like to not just run a business, not just run a team, but what was it like as a woman to help run our country? So for me, that would be um, a great dinner conversation.
0: Absolutely, Steve. Do you take it? That I know you're gonna be dinner with your wife. So, wow. yeah, would you I'd, like to add to that? Yeah, I'd invite myself to both
1: of
2: those. <laughs> <dinners>. <laughs> he um, the party. <laughs> but
1: two people that I would want to, and these are these are from two different perspectives. But I've I've never been posed that question, Ben, which is a great question. First one, uh, I would start by saying Martin Luther King, number one, mm-hmm. because I would want to know That's a, good a person who has that type of leadership, that type of vision, that type of opposition facing them, that type of struggle looking at them, and being able to lead people into a promise of hope. Uh, that would be one, because I'd want to really pick his brain. And then the second one uh, goes towards the monetary side, and I'd want to have dinner with Bill Gates. I'd want to sit down and and really figure out like how do you become the richest person in the world at any point in time, and so that those are the two people I want to want to have dinner with. And That's great. I, I might invite Pastor to come with.
0: That's awesome. So you know, for both of you, you've had successful careers, and and you continue to have a successful career. You know what would you say your defining moment was that launched you in your career? Oh, we both have that. We've told these stories many times. I'll tell mine. You want to
1: go? Or, or, go? Unless ahead. Passion would rather. Mine was, and and I want the listeners to really hear this. A lot of people see the end results with success, Ben, and um, and, and there's always a an A to Z journey, and so when you have A to Z, there's 24 letters in between those two letters. And so those, those represent different experiences. So for me, one of the defining moments was really a low point, which ended up being a springboard because I was living with my brother and we had a two bedroom apartment paying about 700 bucks a month in rent and we could handle that. But then he got engaged, fell in love, got engaged. Uh, he and his wife are still married today over 20 years, but I'll never forget. He walked in and said, Hey man, uh, Shantae and I are, are moving out. You know, we're getting a place together. So my first thought was, well, who's going to cover the other half of the rent? You know, I was happy for him, but I was like, wait. And he said, look, we're moving out. So you need to fill, you know, get a roommate or whatever. And I was like, OK. Couldn't really find a roommate. People were already settled. My friends already had places. And I'll never forget falling behind, Ben. And um, it got to a point where I had just recently gone full time in network marketing. And so I put my I did that probably a little more prematurely than I should have. Um, but I did have the kind of temperament to, to eat what I kill. So I didn't panic, but I did fall, fall behind on bills and mm-hmm. I started getting calls. And one of the main bills that I was missing was my rent. And I'll never forget. My buddy told me, Hey man, if, if you ever get a knock on the door, just don't open it. Cause they'll serve you and, and they'll put you out. And I'm like, what? What?" I, I was thinking, I don't, I don't think it's going to come to that. And Sure enough, a couple months later, I hadn't paid two or three months or however many months that was, I don't remember. But I'll never forget one morning, a vicious banging on my door. And I jumped up thinking something was wrong. I looked out the peephole. I see this big sheriff hat and a badge. And I immediately know I hadn't done anything wrong other than not pay my rent. So I knew, uh uh-oh, I'm being served. And I didn't open the door, but he stood out there, Ben, for possibly 10 minutes, banging. Banging and i'll never forget the humiliation that i felt because i knew my neighbors had to have come out of the hall and probably wonder what is this racket they're hearing and then they see a sheriff so no telling where their mind would have gone in terms of what i did wrong but it was simply that i just didn't have the money and so when the when the banging subsided and finally stopped i um it was like a calm that came over me i don't mean to sound melodramatic here but it was and I just looked in the mirror, I got up, looked in the mirror, and I said, you know what? It's time to go to work. You got to blank or get off the pot. And you got to eat what you kill. And you can't prove all your family members right that this network marketing thing isn't going to work. And you got to step up. And then six months later, I was uh, number one in my company, and I was featured on the cover of the newsletter. And so it was a full circle moment, but it was yeah, that decision. Yeah, that was the decision. first time I
2: saw you was that newsletter that came in the mail. I remember that.
1: Yep. I was on the cover of the newsletter, number one in the company, and um, you never know,
2: I might be able to find that cover somewhere down here during the interview. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But that's <laughs> what—that that that. was my moment. So I had to—I I felt like I was up against the ropes, and I didn't have a choice. So that was really defining for me because at that point I knew I had to make it happen, or I was going to prove everybody else correct that this entrepreneurship, home business,
0: network marketing wasn't going to work, and I refused to to prove those people right. Well, that's interesting you say that. You said Home Business Network Marketing. Well, that's definitely unconventional. I mean, where'd why would you go that direction? I mean, you went to a great college, right? Yep. Where'd you go? I went to Howard University, Washington, yep. D.C. Yep. That's an incredible college. So, I mean, why, why this unorthodox, unconventional way for your career? Well, I'll tell you, my, my answer is very simple. When I went to the first meeting, and I
1: understood the structure of the business, the model, and I realized that I could literally become leveraged off of an unlimited amount of people's efforts. Me and everybody had the same opportunity to do the same, so I didn't feel like it was a manipulative type of plan. So I knew, wow, if everybody has an opportunity to become an entrepreneur, and everybody has an opportunity to build an unlimited sales force, of people, and you get become leveraged off that effort, and get a piece of a massive amount of volume, then that just made sense. And so I didn't know how to do it. It was my first run, but uh, that made sense. That there were no ceilings in terms of income potential, no limitations, and uh, and also no in, no limitations in terms of uh, uh, my cash flow. So that was I was like, okay, this is for me, and I knew I would learn it. That's great. Well, I appreciate you
0: sharing it. Pasha, what about for you?
2: Well, your question was, what was the the low point and defining moment? The interesting thing about my journey is I've had many of those. So I don't know if maybe I just had to keep learning. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one wasn't good enough. So, you know, I had to get a few of them. So I have a couple of those defining moments and I see you taking my coffee. Um, And I'm going to tell you about one because one, was when I was sleeping on the floor of my best friend's apartment. And many have heard that one. But another really defining moment that I don't talk about much was one time I'd been traveling, just starting my business, building as much as I could, wasn't really making money. I was on that roller coaster up and down. And I went home to visit my mom. And my mom lives in Alabama at the house that we grew up in. And I knew that the house was, you know, old and getting in a a ba- bad shape. But when I went home, what I experienced just took my breath away because when I walked in, my mom, her roof was um, leaking. She had buckets to um, mm. gather the water. I could see mold in the house and the, the air conditioning wasn't working. And, you know, because she just didn't have money to keep up. And then I was in a position where I couldn't help. Wow. And it tore me up because I'm looking at the person who sacrificed everything for me. And Mm -hmm. here I am as her child, not being able to help her. And the interesting thing about life is I've seen this over and over where you can have one parent or two parents that can raise five children And then those five children grow up and together they can't take care of those two parents. And that was a defining moment for me because I said to myself, I'm an adult. I'm out here working this business, but yet I come home and I can't do the simple things like take care of my mother, get her in a position where she has air conditioning in her home and her roof isn't leaking and she's in a safe environment. So that did it for me. And that's when I started to work harder than I've ever worked before. Uh, That's when I started to burn the midnight oil. That's when when anybody told me, no, it didn't even matter. I didn't care. You can tell me, no, I don't want to try your service. No, I'm not. interested. It did not matter. I could go through a thousand no's and I would keep pushing with the same zest until I got to that one yes, because those yeses were was going to put me in a position to take care of my mom. And to fast forward that story that story because that story started wonder, bad but it has a beautiful ending.
1: ending I'll never forget when Pasha uh we had both become successful in network marketing and pasha said to me um I want to get a place for my mom and I'm like let's do it you know no hesitation I love her mom you know that the the old uh, um assumption that the mother-in-laws are are the ones that don't get in, in i mean they don't get along with the the child-in-law the son-in-law the that's not us my, my wife is so tight with my mom and I'm extremely tight with her mom. So when she said, let's get her, get mom a new place, I was all for it. And so what we did was we called her we uh, called her mom and I told her mom I had to come to Alabama for business, which that was right in line. She didn't think anything about that mm-hmm. but we we came Pasha flew with me and her mom had no idea that Pasha was flying to Alabama with me. and Pasha we took Pasha, we went and got her a, a place. And we took Pasha over to the place. We fully furnished the place and she this she had no idea. We fully furnished the place. And then we got a big black stretch limousine and I called her mom and said, hey, mom, you know, I'm in town for business. I'm going to swing by and take you to lunch. She said, OK, come on. So then I, uh, I filmed it all. I had my, my camera phone and um, we pulled up in front of the house that Pasha was alluding to. And she came out shocked, like, why are you in this limousine? Um, And then she got in the limousine and I said, well, look, I got to make one stop before we get to lunch. And she said, okay. Again, she didn't think anything about that. And we pulled up to her place and I said, why don't you run in with me, mom? I want you to meet somebody. And so when we got to the front door, um, I was filming everything behind her. She wasn't, she had no clue what was going on. And when when she rang the door, we rang the doorbell. Pasha, of course, answered the door, and her mom was just like, "What is going on?" And then when she walked in, and she started seeing the pictures of Pasha, our kids, other family members, it was just like surreal for her. And she said, "What is this?" And Pasha gave her first of you shocked to see Pasha. What are you doing here? What is it? <laughs> and then we just said, "Mom, this is your place. Uh, we, we got it for you." and uh, she just broke down and uh, just and she's still there and loving her place. that's amazing yeah
2: yeah so 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 th- that goes to show how when things happen to you because at that moment when I wa- I felt helpless when I walked into the house because I'm looking at the house I'm looking at this big project and I'm saying to myself I'm nowhere near being able to help her and I felt helpless and it was one of it was one of the heaviest times in my life but I said to myself Either I can stay in this mode that I'm in or I can use this as a stepping stone. And I made a decision at that time. And that's where the power of leadership books and growth and listening to the right stuff and having the right people mm-hmm. in your corner helps because all of us have those down moments. It's about who you become in the down moment.
0: That's right. Yeah, no doubt. No. You're down.
1: You know, it's, it's hard to focus when things are tough. But you've got to already see past the immediate circumstance and you got to see where you're going because if you can't see where you're going and you can't see past your current circumstance, that will dictate your actions to do the opposite of what's needed. But if you can start to visualize and see past wherever you are today, then that will also dictate your actions. But your actions will then begin to be exactly what you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And you kind of block out what's happening to you right now. Because we all go through ups and downs. I think life has a a way of having cycles, having waves, having the roller coaster ride. I mean, life just deals you those types of cards. And uh, but you got it's not about what happens. I've always taught Ben, it's about how you respond to what happens.
0: No, I totally no, agree. So so, and I'm here to, yeah, I'm little here to a little feedback. So, so for the like, listeners, listeners here, I'm, I'm here, here to up. Yeah, Why do you, do you think you have, you have, the have persistence, persistence to push, to push through. through, and others, others don't? Don't. What keeps them from doing it? Wow. You want to take that I one? I was
1: sneezing. Oh, I, I got it. Question. So, what's what prevents others from 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 fighting through and persisting through uh, versus um, those of us that do? I think it's couple things. I use an expression that I've used for years called analysis paralysis, uh, where they're just constantly trying to figure out, how did I get here? Like, why is this happening? And when you kind of look at yourself as the victim, then you're never going to become the victor. And so I think that people, uh, a couple things, they're analyzing where they are. They're also very afraid at that point because fear starts to kick in. And fear has a way of it being an emotion that has a paralyzing, you know, it, it kind of numbs you and you don't really know what to do, which leads me to the last one is just no guidance, no direction, not really knowing how to do it. Because you can be in a real terrible situation, but if you know how to fix it, you're like, okay, I got to fix this because this is bad. But if you're in a terrible situation and you have no clue how to get out of it, what do you do? And so I always encourage people, you've got to have a life coach or a business coach or a mentor We've always had those and we still have those today, Ben. And so, you you know, the minute you feel you know everything, that's when you become unintelligent. You realize, you know, you don't know everything. And we're we're smart enough to know there's a whole lot more we could learn, but there's also a wealth of knowledge we can teach. And so uh, depending on where people are, they always need to be open to some sort of a coach that's beyond where they are and that coach is where they want to be.
2: So that that's, that's my that's answer,
1: Pasha, You can piggyback on that in terms of why people don't push through and persist when times are tight.
2: Well, I think there's several reasons. One of the main reasons, and we are um, talking, we talk to our children about this, we talk to our team members about this, because this is true. A lot of times, it's environmental, and when you're in a world, it doesn't matter whether it's the bad kids on the playground that are the ones that are doing the bullying, or if you're at the office around the water cooler, do they still have those in offices? I have in the office. <laughs> if you're at the office and you're, you're with the group that's complaining about everything versus the group that wants to become a 20 percenter. And one of the things that I have personally found and that I have learned is over the past 22 years, I've mastered the art of putting myself in the right environment around the right people, small groups of people who are wanting the best in life. They're wanting to be the 20 percenters. They they want to win. They they have a heart and they want to help other people win. And the reason why I did that, because in my life, there were times where I surrounded myself with people who were the ones that were the gossipers. And they were the ones where Anytime somebody did something, they had something bad to say about it because, you know, they weren't there. So I remember the feeling in that environment and it makes you comfortable. It makes you comfortable being right where you are. But when you're around people or a person that's going to stretch you or someone that you can see that is where you want to be, what it does to you is it's proof. It's social proof that is possible, and that's why I tell people all of, all of the time. You know, whether it's you, whether it's your children, if you want to win around life, you've got to find some winners out there and and latch on to them. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons why I love. The profession of network marketing is when you go, it doesn't matter what company you're in. When you go to those meetings, when you get on those conference calls, you're surrounded by people who want to win. You're surrounded by people who are growing every single day. They believe in personal growth and development. And the sad thing is when a lot of people walk outside of those environment, if they're not totally engaged they go back into their home or they go back into their normal space and then they have other people that are pulling them down and saying why are you doing that that's not going to work why are you surrounding yourself with 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 those people and it's because those people are here and and I'm putting my hand up you know that this is their lid and they can't see beyond where their thought process is. And if you want to grow to the next level and get higher, then you've got to surround yourself with people who think higher and have a higher vision because people with no vision can't understand the people who have vision. It's impossible. They just can't see it. So for yeah, me, it's no, about I the environment.
0: So can you share with me an unorthodox an unorthodox approach that has really made a difference in your career, in life, business?
2: An unorthodox, an unor, an unorthodox, unorthodox. An <laughs> <laughs> approach that uh, has made a difference in my business. Well, there are a few mm-hmm. of them. Number one is something unique and different that's made a, a, a difference in my business is growing with the time. And, and keeping up with the trend. A lot of times when you get in business, no matter what it is, um, people have a set way. This is the system. This is how you do it. This is the only way you do it. And if you're not flexible, and if you're not willing to think outside of the box and do something a little bit different from what everybody else is doing, then you fall victim to growing at the same level that everybody else grows, which is good because you can still grow. But when you want to to, to have that next level of growth, you have to be willing to to think outside of the box and do things a little bit differently for myself and Steve, you know, one of the things that we've done in our career is we always, instead of branding a company, we always took the, you know, unorthodox approach of branding ourselves. And so therefore now, not always. Well, yeah, well, we learned the hard way. We
1: learned. Yeah. We We learned learned
2: that the hard way. We learned that through, (laughs) through, through, through doing it and why we shouldn't do it and, and, and understanding that that's the way to do it. So now that's what we do because now, it doesn't matter what company we we're in or where we go, because of what we've built outside of any company, we can walk into any company and take that company from zero to becoming a multi-million dollar corporation because of who we are and who we've become and the, the skill set that we've learned. So those are some of the things. And then embracing the internet, you know, online things a lot. I remember when people were afraid of the internet. Remember that? And yep. you don't do stuff on the internet and I'm, I'm dating myself here. But even during those times when people were saying, don't do that, we did it anyway. And we had ups and downs. We had to figure it out, and but we did it anyway. You know, so there are a lot of different things that we've done and that's how we live our lives. We look at what everybody else is doing. We study what everyone else is doing. And if it's working, we say to ourselves, okay, if that works, what can we add to what's working to make it even better? And that's how our brains work. So we're consistently pushing ourselves and thinking outside of the box. And that's what you have to do to have that next level of uber success.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think success itself is unorthodox. And uh, what I mean by that is the masses don't usually get to that level. And so I look at industries that produce exceptional results, unorthodox results. And when you look at industries that that do that, then those are the ones that I believe are the ones that are considered unorthodox, but you know they yield they yield some incredible results. And network marketing, for example, you don't have any upside limitations. I mentioned that a little earlier, but that's really what excited me to this is that, you know, the masses of people when they accept a job or you know get some type of security, it's like, okay, I'm gonna make fifty thousand dollars a year. Hopefully they'll keep me on, they won't fire me. And that's just what the masses think. And and I, I believe that as an entrepreneur, you've got to take more risk and say, you know what? I, I don't want a guarantee. I don't want a salary. I don't want those benefits. I'd rather say, you know what? Let me start with nothing and let me build something up because I can see on the back end that I can go far beyond the the limitations of what a job will give you. And I want to be very clear, in no way, shape, or form am I speaking negatively of a job because a job is an incredible springboard, in my opinion, to put people in a position to do what they want to do. Because the job is going to give you a guaranteed right. two-week salary. You know how much you're bringing in. So if you know you find an opportunity, whether it's network marketing or any kind of other non-traditional, unorthodox business, I think that when you know, okay, it's going to cost me X amount of dollars to get involved. That's why when people say, well, I don't have the money. I never buy that. That that That's ridiculous. You can You can come up with the money for anything that you see value in. And so if you know what your paycheck is, then you know, okay, if I need X amount of dollars, maybe I'll take a bag lunch to to work instead of uh, going out to eat. Or maybe I'll take the train instead of um, Ubering or whatever it is. But you've got to make sacrifices to say, I need this amount of money to invest in my own skills, my own ability, my own belief. And if I do that, I'm putting myself in a position while I have this security, and I'm going to give this my all while I keep doing this over here full time. But I'm going to make sure that my objective <clears throat> is to get this income to equal and then surpass permanently what I am making on my job. And that's what we did yeah. in the first year and a half, not even a year and a half, a little less than a year and a half of being in network marketing. we I got in in 96, Pasha got in the month before in December of 95. And by yes, that
2: means I started first uh,
0: by 30 days <laughs> and and by I didn't I didn't know you can get a network marketing when you were five years old. Oh, oh
2: what,
1: see, what an incredible. Went, how old was I, Ben? Twenty <laughs> <29? laughs>
0: <You know? Yeah>. nine. <laughs>
1: but uh, and so we I went full time, man, after a year and a half. And so my my thing was I knew I had a job then I didn't like it. I still wouldn't like it today. I know. Um, But I knew I'm going to start this part-time business and I knew it cost $500 and I'm unashamed to tell everybody I did not have the $500 to get started. So what I did was I borrowed $300 from my mom. I tried to get the whole five. She said, I'll give you three. That's a deal. Then I borrowed a hundred bucks from my buddy and then I scraped up a hundred on my own. That's how I got in network marketing. So when people say, I don't have the money, I don't, I don't buy that because you do what you have to do. But the fact that we planted that seed, the fact that we saw that we could do it and that we saw a vehicle or a, a quote unquote way out. Mm-hmm. I took that that money and used it as a seed and we planted that seed with no knowledge of how we would do it. But the why was big enough. So I just became a student of the game and I learned, I dedicated, I still was working my full-time job, but eventually, a year and a half later, I was able to quit, I walked away, and from that point, we earned millions of dollars in this industry. And then I met this beautiful woman here, and uh, it was just game on at that point, because now I got a life partner that sees things the way I see it, wants things out of life the way I want it. I knew that would be instilled into our children, and uh, she's become my absolute best friend, and my ride or die, you know. Every time, you know, if I look to my left or right, if she's there, I'm good.
0: That's great. That's, great. That's an so incredible story. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> you should say that, that being unorthodox and going after it a different way. way you, know, you know, I want to. I, I want the listeners to, listen to, to hear this. A lot, a lot of people think, think that, that if, you're if you're not successful. successful in the, in the traditional, traditional conventional approach of work, you won't be successful in network marketing. And, and I think that's I think false, that's false because I think you guys are, you guys great are a great testament to that. To that. But, I but I also want the listeners sure out there to hear that there are, that there are skills, skills that you, that you learn in direct sales, sales and sales network marketing that, that can allow you to have a successful, successful conventional, conventional job, job if you want. So, so either, either way, way, it's up to you to be you to find success. you agree?
1: Absolutely. You know, if you believe in yourself, Ben, there's nothing or nobody that could stop you from accomplishing whatever you want to accomplish. Even if you have zero knowledge in that particular subject, if you have the desire to do better, to learn, to to grow, then there's nothing that I don't think anybody can't do because there's someone else that has accomplished it. So that someone else, I call that a virtual mentor. Sometimes people take the term mentor, Ben, and they think that that means you've got to have a relationship with that person or that you know that person personally, or you've asked that person for support, you've asked them to guide you. That's not what a mentor means, in my opinion. You find somebody, and with with the internet, you can find anybody that you believe in, anybody that you admire, anybody that you'd like to be like, anybody where you'd like to be as successful, and you just... Follow what they're teaching and you implement what they're teaching because I can tell you there's nobody that I believe that wants to become an entrepreneur, wants to be able to build a business from home. There's nobody that I can't teach how to do that, um, it, whether it's network marketing, whether it's what, whatever business they want to do. I don't think there's anybody that I can't teach fundamental principles on how to become successful and it's because it was taught to me, I implemented them and it works And so now I can turn around. I don't believe you can do something that you can't teach. If you can do a thing, you can teach a thing. So I think that uh, anybody that sets their mind to something,
0: uh, they can accomplish it. No doubt. No doubt. I think that's perfect. So can you share – What are your favorite books? 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 You mentioned mentors. So So books, books, speakers, speakers, podcasts podcasts that that you really enjoy, that you're following. following?
2: Okay, so – I am, it's so funny you ask that because I absolutely love books. I love reading. I don't like fictional books or anything like that. I like reading books that when I finish, it's like I feel like I've gotten another little seed planted inside of myself to help me grow as a businesswoman, as a as a wife, as a mom, as a leader. So I have a lot of different books that I love. Um, one for parenting is The Conscious Parent absolutely love that. But any parents out there, um I heard about this years ago from the Oprah show. It's an amazing book and it's an it's an unorthodox way of raising your children. So I love that book. Another book of course is an oldie but goodie. And there're two. I just recommended this to my 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 daughter and it is um How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie because what it does is it just teaches you how to love on people. It teaches you how to befriend people. You know, in this world of technology, people have lost the way to touch and reach out and develop meaningful relationships because everything's a text or everything's a Snapchat or everything's this. But, you know, you've got to learn how to develop meaningful relationships if you want to be happy and succeed in life. The other one um, is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, as well as Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, by Dr. Dennis P. Kimbro, which Napoleon Hill was in the process of writing that book and he died in the process and they turned that over that project over to Dr. Dennis Kimbro where he went around and interviewed uh, some of the world's uh, wealthiest African Americans and developed a book similar to Think and Grow Rich with the Carnegie Foundation and also The Wealth Choice. The Wealth Choice is the updated Thinking Grow Rich, and the reason why I say The Wealth Choice is one of my favorites is because when we talk about full circle moments, Think and Grow Rich Black Choice was one of my favorite books, and I would read it and read it and read it by Dr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. Then he wrote the updated version, which is The Wealth Choice. He interviewed about 1,200 of America's wealthiest African Americans, and he gave myself and my husband a call. This was about five years ago, and asked us if we... Would give, be, do the honor of being one of the individuals that he interviewed for that book. And that was a book that I read to get to where I am. He had no idea of that. But because of where we are today and what we've done in business, we were invited to be in that book right beside the Steve Harveys, the, um, Tyler Perry, um, who else was in that book? You had uh, John Johnson, Bob Johnson, the first African-American billionaire. You had so many. and, And to be interviewed amongst those individuals, it was just one of the defining moments in my life. And during our interview, one of the things that humbled me the most was... When I was telling our story, he said, you know, the unique thing about you and your husband, he said, I've interviewed a lot of millionaires and I've interviewed even several billionaires. He said, but the unique thing that you and your husband always talk about that's different from so many other people are the millionaires that you've helped create. And he said, and that's very unique because I've heard the stories of how someone has gone from nothing to building a hundred million dollar company or a billion dollar company. But every time I talk to you and your husband, what makes you unique are the people that you've helped to earn six-figure and seven-figure incomes. And that was huge for me. Well,
0: I really appreciate well, you really sharing, sharing that.
2: So what's, so what's the, best the best advice you've ever you've received,
0: received, and
2: received? And
0: who is it from? Who is it from why and why do it you, you feel the was the best wow. advice?
2: The best advice we've ever received and who was it from? I'll let you start. Man. I have mine. You want me to go? Yeah, you got to go. Okay, so I have mine. Mine was from my mom, believe it or not. I will never forget this. This was um one day, I think I was in the sixth or seventh grade. And I came home crying because it was one of those days. I don't even remember it happened, but but I was just upset. And I walked through the door and I was all angry. I was crying. And my mom was like, what's the matter? Because she's not used to seeing. I'm not a crier, so she wasn't used to saying that and i she said what's the matter and i said mom the kids were just so mean today i hate school everybody's just so mean and they were saying this about me and they were saying that about me and da 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 and all this kind of stuff and that was right at the time where i was a um a gymnast and my name was in the newspaper in um my my city so i just won the um the, 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 the regional uh, championship. And I just participated in the junior Olympics at that time. So I was getting like a little local fame <laughs> and, um, I went to school and they were just being mean and I couldn't understand it. And so my mom paused me and I'll never forget how she looked at me because it was so like, mm. and she said, let me explain something to you. She said, you need to be happy that they are talking about you. Because when people stop talking about you, that means you're not doing anything. She said, when your name becomes popular, people are going to try to tear you down. She said, but here's what I want you to understand. If you're in a circle of friends where you can't bring them up with you, for God's sakes, don't let them bring you down. And that was a defining moment at that age because I really had to look at who am I? Are why aren't they happy for my success? If they're my friends, they're really supposed to be happy that I'm, you know, having success at that time. And that did it for me. And it just always stayed in the back of my mind. So even in adulthood, I would think back to that. If, you know, I know I'm doing something, but then we, you'll hear the chatter and you'll hear this. You know, I would always go back to what my mom said. And that was a defining moment. And it stayed with it has stayed with me until this day.
0: Wow! Wow! I really, I really appreciate that. Man, I, a lot I, of time, especially kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm uh,
1: sitting here thinking about that. The answer, too, but I'm like, for kids. Hmm, what's my answer going to be? Because I've got, I've had a whole bunch of advice, a whole bunch of people tell me different things that have absolutely attributed to good things in my life. And this is 100% authentic. It may sound a little corny, so they can pull the violins out. <laughs> but I'll do it. But uh, I think one of the best pieces of advice I got is from Pasha. It is um, to always keep the lines of communication open. Like, always. If something's wrong, if something's bothering. And we made an agreement when we got married that that's what what it was going to be. Never go to bed mad. Always have the lines of communication open. Because I'd found myself in previous relationships to where if I got mad or if that person got mad, Sometimes we would just kind of bottle it up. I'd I'd hold on to my anger thinking that was good and it was terrible because I was always wanting to discuss it, but I didn't. And uh, so just having the lines of communication is the best advice I've gotten because when you're doing business, there's gonna always be conflict. There's gonna always be, I don't like to say problems, Ben, so I always say issues because issues are something that can be resolved. So if you know that communicating about it being very transparent and open and honest about it. Um, usually you'll get to some type of understanding with whomever that person might be that you're having a, a, a conflict with. And uh, we've implemented that now even into our children. You know, something's wrong. You know, I know now if I say what's wrong, the natural reaction from a kid is nothing or I'm OK. And that's not the case. And I'll pull it out of them and I'll just say, listen, come here, talk, to, sit down, talk to me. Tell me what's really wrong because you're saying nothing and I know who you are when there's nothing wrong. So there's something wrong because you're not the person you are when nothing's wrong. So I need you to tell me what's wrong, what's on your mind, and then they'll open up and start talking. But we get to the root of it, and then I give some advice, some great daddy advice, and usually it fixes the problem or at least heals it. And the same thing in business. Somebody says something about somebody. Somebody's thinking this or some... It usually. A miscommunication or a misunderstanding, or just a conversation, will fix it. But most people, they hold on to their pride. They'd rather win the the the, the battle than the war, and they never they want to be right versus happy. Hmm. So I learned that from Pasha. Like, look, let's always talk it out. So we've never really ever gone to bed mad at each other in fifteen years. We've never done it. Um, And we may be a little irritated because maybe something happened, but we talk it out. And after we talk it out, whatever level of frustration or irritation or anger I had, it goes from wherever it was down to one percent because we discussed it, you know, and we'll discuss it and we really put it all out on the table and we'll move forward. So that's the best advice I've I've had. Talk it
2: out. And you know, Ben, piggybacking on that one thing I want to say is another important piece of advice is being okay with agreeing to disagree. You know, the unique thing about people is we always want to express our point and pull people over to our side. I see this in business all the time, especially in a profession like network marketing, I see people who are in some of the most amazing businesses and then they go to their family reunion and all of their uh, family members tell them why it's not going to work. And they spend that entire time at the table trying to convince people who don't want to be convinced of why they're in a great opportunity. And that's sad because I've gotten to the point in my life where I understand everybody's wired differently. Mm -hmm. I don't expect everybody to think like I think as a matter of fact, if, you, if your goal is to become a 20 percenter, you understand that only 20 percent of the population is going to think the way you think. So you've got to be okay with agreeing to disagree. So if there's someone that's out there that they feel one way about business, you feel another way about business, instead of spending your time trying to convince them and pull them and get them to see your side, just go and continue until you find the people who Think like you think and have the beliefs that you believe believe, and be okay with meeting people where they are. So mm. that is one of the things that that's why we always say we don't get frustrated in life because we understand everybody's different and that's okay. As a matter of fact, it's beautiful because if we were, if we all thought the same thing, life would be so boring. So I love the fact that everybody has different opinions and I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, no doubt, yeah, no doubt. It's great. It's great. Shout out to my boy, Steve. Oh, and Steve always, oh, oh, always, 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 call is advice. Advice. Oh
1: yeah, I've been married for almost 15 years. I'm always listening. <laughs>
0: good, good. So, so if you, so were, to if you were, 20 me 20 were to call your 20 year old self right now, wow. What would you say? What would you say? Advice would you what advice would you give yourself? You give yourself? Boy, I would, I would, I oh, would. wait, wait, wait if, what was the question?
2: If
1: you were to call your 20 year old self today, what would the conversation
2: be? Oh, I'm interested in hearing your comment on this. No. I'm,
1: I'm, <laughs> I would uh man, man be a, real. Be real. That's, that's a loaded a, question. That's a
2: loaded question.
1: I would absolutely say that anything, any choices that would get you in trouble aren't worth it. Uh cuz at 20 years old, you know, sometimes you make some dumb choices, which I did. Uh and I look back on some of these choices that I made that didn't result in anything bad because I just, you know, it never surfaced. But I, uh, I think about my, my four children and I think about the fact that they're going to go through all these times of having to make decisions. So I would just say always do the right thing is the conversation I would have with my 20 year old self it's, do the right thing, man. You know, what's right. You know, what's not always do the right thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And for me, My 20-year-old self, I'm going back to when I was 20. What I would say is, don't worry about what people think. Because at 20, I recall everything that I did, before I did it, I would think, okay, in my mind, I'd be looking around, well, what is so-and-so going to think? of? what will so-and-so think? of? Oh my goodness, what will so-and-so think? And there were so many different things that I could have done. A lot of opportunities that came my way that I may not have really, you know, gone a hundred percent because I always wondered, what are people thinking? And you've got to get to the point in your life where it doesn't matter. And you realize that everybody has a different thought process. So for me at 20 years old, if I could call myself and say, Pasha, stop caring about what everyone else thinks, because guess what? It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is wow. what you think.
1: I wouldn't have thought that because she definitely hadn't brought that into her later years. She, that's just never been something that influences passion. I don't, I don't ever see you worrying about what anybody thinks.
2: Yeah, twenty. I do recall that. Wow. Yeah. See, you learn know, something how, how about How old were
1: you me? when you met me? Twenty-four. I might have been influential on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> always want credit, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah. <laughs> always, always, always want to turn around. Turn me around. That's I that's what it that was. Around. That like, must you know? that must be it. Yeah, that like, must I'm be like, it. Don't worry about what they think. I got
1: you. I got you. <laughs>
0: Well, I, it's, well I, it's, been a it's been an honor, honor to have you to have have on both show, on the show and all the listeners the list out there. there. I hope great. you have a great, a great, great input here. here. you got great advice, advice from Steve and So I want you so to want think you about how to do, do something unorthodox. Go out, go go out, go out there and be different. Don't care what people say. And for those that are married, your wife. I love you all. appreciate being on here. And do something unorthodox today.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Unorthodox, The New Road to Success. The next step is to visit sellandsucceed.com to learn more about Ben and how he helps teams and people succeed. And as always, feel free to email us at info at Any questions you have, and Ben will answer your question on a future podcast. Spread the word, Unorthodox, The New Road to Success, and we'll see you next time.